And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, we're talking about season one, episode one and two of Hawkeye. With me, I have Charlie with me. Say hello to everybody. Hello. I have Clinton Robinson with me. I also have Nick uh, with me once again for another Disney <laughs> review of a Marvel fit or Marvel. Say hello to everybody. Howdy. And I have, I actually have Vernon with me again. Hey, it is what it is podcast. <laughs> Great to be here. Good to have you back. And I have LaDaisia back with me. And I, hey. I want to say thank you guys for doing this super panel with me for tonight and everything and being able to do this show. It means a lot to me. So with that being said, let's dive into this thing. Um, Here's the thing. I didn't watch the trailer. It was completely different with the tone that I was expecting from this. I was expecting more of a, um, let's see here. I'm trying to think of the show that we've reviewed, Ladezia and Charlie. Uh, it was actually the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. That kind of vibe I was getting. I was thinking I was going to get that kind of vibe with this show. Mm. And then seeing it play out in the trailer. So it's going to be like a diehard Get Clan Home for the Christmas special on Disney Plus with the Hawkeye show. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if this is going to be a show for me. This is one of those shows that I was kind of like, okay, this is a little bit more hesitant towards. But seeing this for what it is now, yeah, there is some cringy stuff within the second episode and stuff like that. And with the first episode, I have to say this. The sh- it actually got better for me, to be honest with you, because – Charlie, uh, you know me. If I'm tired, I'm become like Clint Eastwood. Get, kids, just get off my lawn, kind of thing. Basically, where I'm just yeah, like miserable. Really yeah. So, I went on ahead. I rewatched the episodes, and I wound up liking episode one versus episode two. Episode two, I did not like it that much. Probably was the Larkin. The Larkin. Yep. Um, Larkin. I'm not into that stuff. And so it was just kind of what? Have you ever like watching the super assassin go in and beat the crap out of <laughs> I thought that was awesome and him having to give into it. I thought that was great. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And then admitting that he had fun. Yeah. yeah. Like I love that. That was amazing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, like, I think that was one of the better parts of episode two right there. That was yeah, yeah I was just I'll tell you like, the worst part of episode two. No, I was like, grown people do it. Yeah, grown people do it. Yeah, (laughs) I came close to doing some LARPing and everything at one time, but I never did it. Do it. it. It's a fun experience, at Mm -hmm. least once. No, I felt like Hawkeye, like, what the hell is this? (laughs) But episode one is Never Meet Your Heroes. It opens up with the Avengers from 2010, which is something I liked about that. It shows the repercussions. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I like the inspiration that it gave gave Kate Mm -hmm. to where she wants to be just like Hawkeye, want to be like Clint, and have the inspiration there because Clint saved her life. If it wasn't for Clint, she would have been dead. Yeah, So I like the inspiration of her wanting to be an archer. (laughs) Say that again, Clint? Sorry about that. Yeah, I saved her life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like that first scene, though. The first Mm -hmm. scene... I thought was done well, but the CGI was off, it felt like. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not even a CGI technical person, but I could tell it was looking kind of cheap. Yeah, you can tell it was bliced. You can tell it was bliced with the Avengers scenes mixed with the new scenes. Yeah, and the way things were falling down, it felt like a cartoon or something. (laughs) But I like the way that we automatically know why she likes Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was the concept. That's what they were going for and wanting us to sell it for. Is that it kind of reminds me of the 90s watching some 90s movies with like Land of the Lost where you see things shake and things falling and having that cheesiness to it. That's what I got from that. <laughs> but the whole entire thing of it being played out is they're trying to give us a, eyes, a bird's eye view into Kate's world and mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, it's if it wasn't for Clinton, he, she would have been dead. And also, too, she wants to be an archer like him. She wants to learn martial arts like him. Everything was geared towards Clint with this episode. But what did you guys think with the very start of it? It was a great start, but like I always talk about with these superhero things, the over-reliance on CGI and then doing it poorly kind of takes away from it. But right. it was still great to see like more of like a, a human perspective of what happened, um, which I enjoyed greatly. Um, but I thought it was a great start for an origin story for Kate. Like, you know, it takes mm-hmm. five minutes and we found out everything we need to know about her. Yeah, we got our motivations right away, which I really appreciated. John, was that pun intentional bird's eye view? Literally? <laughs> maybe a little bit. Of, maybe I put a little bit of a uh, dad joke in, inside my review and my notes. So, Inexcusable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I thought the first episode was um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three when they go back in time. Uh, really, really bad. First of all, what I mean by bad, not like it's not enjoyable. Something could be enjoyable and yet bad, right? You know, it was great to see a Marvel production. It was great to have this content, but let's be honest, it was a forgettable scene. Right, like it it, 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 it told an origin story, which is great. So we don't have to, you know, go to the theaters and watch two hours about basically a third tier superhero because Hawkeye isn't even a first tier superhero. He's a debatable so second, second or third, yeah, second or third, right? So then you take you take basically the intern to Hawkeye, and now you got third level, you know, superhero <laughs> movie, and then you're trying to basically cover twenty years. So now we see her as Archer. We see, you know, lost the dad, tragedy, has that Bruce Wayne effect of losing a parent. And then, you know, next scene is, you know, shooting an arrow, knocking a bell off of a prestigious university. That's not believable. You know, uh, <laughs> and then you're fighting crime. And let's just be honest. The movie, the, the episode got bad at the crime fighting scenes. I've never seen such slow. And John, I was t- I was hitting you up about this. Steven <laughs> and I were both talking like about movie, you know, action type scenes. Like it was mm-hmm. the choreography was bad, the timing was bad, the the enemies was bad. The enemies kind of looked like the Foot Clan. What? I didn't get it. And then they had Adidas jumpsuits on. Yeah, the I didn't, get the Adidas didn't like jumpsuits. the Adidas jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was just. <laughs> I wanted to like it, and they kept with every attempt at bat. They kept failing. Hey, how the hell did the jumpsuits get away with burning down that building? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like, no masks on. 
Yeah. The pizza owner comes out and is like, what the hell, man? Right. <laughs> it was heavily a what comic book episode. It was yeah. a comic book episode right there. And that kind of is a knee-jerk reaction um, from pulling us from everything else Marvel we've had, which has been like more, yeah, it's comic booky, but it's grounded. And then in this, it's like we got people in matching tracksuits throwing Molotov cocktails, <laughs> like punching like in like one of those video games where the enemies are surrounding you, but they all go and take one at a time turns on you. Like it was kind of, I, I agree, it was a little cheesy. Also, an- another issue that I took, and this kind of has to do with the CGI thing, right? So we know the setting is Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They shot this in the summer in New York. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's clear as day. There's liaison trees it's super sunny they're all overheated for sure (laughs) you know how it is i know exactly how it is because we shoot summer scenes in winter in chicago yeah it's it's great yeah but you would think a a, a multi-million dollar production would have just been like let's shoot it in the snow or you know a lot of it makes sense to me that disney greenlit this series very recently and decided that they were going to execute it on a deadline to get it in time for the holiday season this year. Well, yeah, you do You do remember it was, like, dead in the water for a while because of the Jeremy mm-hmm. Rayner assault allegations and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But, um, like, I guess it just kind of, like, speed up production. They threw it onto a train and said go. Yeah, like they never moved the, the target. They were just like, okay, we're going to get it in. November 2021, because our phases are more important than yeah, producing I mean, a single quality show. I can say that the action was better than Iron Fist season one. Oh, yeah, God. definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk I think about I am I beat myself because I don't even remember Ooh. any of the action scenes in uh, in that series at all. I watched the first two episodes and I skipped oh. the finale. Like, I couldn't watch the whole show. It was bad. Yeah, what was the point of watching the finale? I think I got the five. He's the one who skipped Toy Story 2 to get to Toy Story 3. (laughs) No. We'll talk about your issues later. This is about Hawkeye. This isn't about you. Uh, (laughs) Hawkeye would have watched Toy Story 2. Come on. He's I watched Toy Story. John, you got your mixed up. I saw Toy Story in the theaters when I was a kid. It was Toy Story 3 is the one that I skipped. Come on, John. Oh, even worse. Even worse. You're not helping. I didn't get paid Toy Story 1, so I know I don't know about 2 or 3. I watched <laughs> 1 and I was out on that. Didn't 3 win some like awards? <laughs> yes. What the hell, John? That's <laughs> probably uh, I didn't mean to bust the balls over here. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. Mean, we, go from I Iron Fit, we go from Marvel to Disney. Sure, it kind well, of they own the same company. Still, I mean, <laughs> that sounds right. I think I think they are the same company. So it what is, else does yeah. Buzz Lightyear come into the Marvel universe? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's face. Right. I know. But anyways, um, they may go down a rabbit hole. But um, another thing I want to mention <laughs> is this: the Avengers musical. Vernon, you and I talked oh, about God. this. I love it. And this oh, is what God. I think was, was this. Clint is being dragged by his by his kids to go and see this cringeworthy, not a cringeworthy, musical. And I think that's us as an audience watching this on TV 
and mm-hmm. feeling the same type of emotion yep. that Clint is feeling. Because right. I think that's what we were supposed to be feeling. Yeah. Because I know I felt that. I'm like, Ugh. That was the point. It was over the top, yep. just like Broadway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it was like a test. It was an audience test. So it was like, just in case we have to replace all the actors, how would this land? Right? So like, they kind of just put like, people up there like, do, do they really love the characters or do they love the people playing the characters? Mm-hmm. And then you yes. saw it was like, no, we really love RDJ. We don't want to see Iron Man played by anybody else. Right? So <laughs> it, it was a it was a bad Damn. opening sequence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love my, my non-linear brain went straight to Team America. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Like it was just so ridiculous. Like, oh, I loved it. I would prefer the world. I think it's perfect. I think that's one of the best parts that. of episode one. I would have preferred that the uh the, the Broadway musical in Team America than the one we just saw in that. Because again, Team America was such a great movie. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> the point the point of that Broadway play though was to put us in uh Clint Martin's shoes, the awkwardness oh, of watching all yeah. of that, us knowing how the actual characters are, the fact that he's watching somebody pretend to be his best friend who just died. Mm-hmm. Like oh. watching all these people that are dead and gone in his life, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Black oh. Widow there on stage and people pretending to be them. Like what the whole the point was for us. What? What was the name of it? Ah, it was something I about Captain America's musical. It was, it, was, it, was, it was something about Captain America. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I got it. I'm working up, too. The, the <laughs> emotions you're feeling about that play were the intended effect. I was like, exactly. You were I cannot believe, laughing hysterically. I cannot believe that he thinks this chick is like Natasha and he gets <laughs> feelings about it. I just laughed. I'm like, she looked like a chick with a wig on. Well, you think she like Natasha just because she in her suit? Not even expensive wig. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's like with her pants, though. <laughs> but, yeah. Rogers the musical, awesome. Yeah, that was yeah, it was horrible. But I, it was I guess, perfect. I think it I'm needs to run for Broadway is better than this. I'm thinking Broadway better than this. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, have you me, ever seen Cats? No, no. no. I saw Cats on the That's like the only thing that I watched. That's remotely. I actually went and saw Phantom of the Opera. So that's like awesome. the only thing that I watched. That was that I, that I like from a musical standpoint. <laughs> oh, Unless you count Sweeney Hamilton, Todd, that might be highly recommended. Like, but... <laughs> but yeah, um, I think but, that that play, I loved it, and I think it did perfect. Yeah, with, would recommend with the play and everything. You can definitely tell that Clint is definitely having PTSD mm-hmm. from everything, and all these people are all happy singing everything else, but they weren't in the aftermath in that battle with the aliens, with Loki, with everything, and even Civil War. All these people are being happy, and here's Clint being miserable because he went through that. Mm-hmm. And it's like torture for him because he went through that, and so that's why he turned off the hearing aid so the way he didn't have to hear that. Exactly. So, I thought that part actually works a little bit, even though I was cringing with Clint, but still, I thought that worked as an audience view of watching it and going with Clint on that. And I was, um, glad, that, and I was glad that they showed that Clint had a hearing aid. Like, mm-hmm. there are real-world consequences for being an Avenger. 
yeah. not Thor. He's not. Well, you yeah, know, and I mean, Iron in, the com- in the comic books, it's more of a callback to the comics because in the comics, he is 90% deaf. Hmm. Um, oh, okay. So but, it's more like they were more making it a little more tied in with the origins of the character. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and that's good too because he is a regular guy. It's and, just a guy with a bow. Yeah, and when you're around all of this stuff, you're going to have a real-world effect, which is, I got bad hearing. I love that compilation scene, though. All the different explosions. Yeah, I know. Like, hard to tell which one. I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that one was in Ultron. Oh, yeah, that was in the regular. Oh, yeah, no wonder his hearing fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's around a lot of explosions all the time. Yes, Mm -hmm. all the time. It is cool that he could take calls through it, though. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Future's like, not so bad. Yeah, I know. Like, my future in Florida is going to be good. I can order DoorDash from my hearing aid. Yeah. We can come up on a jet ski when Florida's underwater. <laughs> but uh, another thing that I want to mention is this. You also go into Kate climbing the tower. She winds up shooting the clock. And this looks like an Assassin's Creed moment gone wrong. It I looks like it a standard, stereotypical Disney antics thing. Can we, um, can we just talk about oh, physics, though, for a second? A little tiny tennis that ball. bell has been hanging forever, right? Yeah. The weight of the bell doesn't change just because it swings. And it's, and it's a bell. It's designed to pivot. So, so a tennis do. ball isn't going to take it down. I hated that scene. I was like, like that's the yeah. dumbest normal Disney thing. That, that's like from yeah. like old Disney Channel straight to TV movies that you see that type of stuff. Like <laughs> also, five or something like uh, that. The force of her first arrow isn't that much different from the force mm-hmm. of her second arrow, which is technically carrying more inertia because it has more mass with the tennis ball. But Not that much at the more. end of the day, they're both very lightweight projectiles being shot over an extraordinary mm-hmm. distance and upward trajectory. <laughs> like, nobody's, like, you could have the Scorpion King shoot that shot, right. and it's going to just go, ding. Yeah, that's all. And royal off. That's why we moved on from bows. Like, or it could be a Dean like exactly. like uh the ex wife from Iron Man Two. The little like the little pencil thing from uh, Hammer Tech, the one that just bounced off uh um <laughs> it just oh, bounced yeah. off the guy's armor. Yeah. Hammer Tech. Yeah. So it's like ding like that, like no yeah. effect. I just didn't like that whole scene. Um you know, this is supposed to be for an adult audience, not preteens. And I felt like this was preteen junior high garbage. And I was I'm, just like, they could have The writing is definitely that. flat. I'm going to be honest with you, Ledesia. It's definitely Christmas movie writing. Definitely Christmas movie writing. Hallmark. Hallmark channel. <laughs> 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 Uh-oh. I'm the queen of Hallmark. Yeah, no, so, so you're used really, to this. You're right, used to this. I got it all right <laughs> over there. <laughs> That you is know, way I'm too so diverse to be a Hallmark. Hallmark. <laughs> um, I can tell you this is accurate. <laughs> I love Hallmark. Love it. <laughs> but then we have the underground stuff with the auction and things like that with Kate and things like that. And I really like the underground auction and, and stuff like that, her going into it 
and working for her mom. And then her mom's marrying this guy named Jack, who looks like an ugly version of Wario from Super Mario Brothers wow. with a mustache. <laughs> he, to be honest with you, he looks like those 1930s uh, cartoon, animated cartoons, where you know he's the villain. If you t- if the villain goes on ahead and has a hat, a top hat, mm-hmm. a mustache like that, <laughs> and ties that ties a girl to a train track, because that's what Jack looks like. He yeah. sniffs his own farts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But <laughs> he, he must live in San Francisco. <laughs> I, mean, oh, I, I just I just didn't get the for the villain. This is what confused me: is his accent kept going in and out. Mm-hmm. So you listen to it. And it's like, how do you have an accent? And then your uncle doesn't have an accent. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah, like there's a lot of just bad, just like implementation. And I was just like, okay, so the butterscotch is the linchpin of this shit, right? Yeah, a butterscotch. I'm like, eh. they're all, they're related. Why couldn't they have the same butterscotch? Butterscotch, exactly. I'm like, why can't? They I'd be like walking into my house, finding a Kafkaesque monogrammed like paper. And then going to my sister's place and finding the same thing. It's like, <laughs> ooh, I handed you a Werther's. Oh, he murdered her. Your aunt Werther's <laughs> or your Werther's? <laughs> what kind of parent doesn't tell their daughter that they're getting married? That's the right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even though the daughter moved out of their house. The mama is, ugh, I, ain't, I did not like the mama. That's that's a good point. That's uh, That point of contention didn't need to exist. Like, realistically, it wouldn't happen, no. especially because they grew so close after her father died. Like, there yeah. would be no reason that the mother wouldn't tell her, oh, I never found the time. Really? Oh, hey, by the way, I'm getting married. Yeah. yeah. Very simple. At no Very point in the, hey, you just destroyed a college campus building did the uh, subject of, oh, by the way, I've been dating this guy for a long time, and now we're getting married come up. Yeah, you know, and the mom is a rich white woman in New York City. She would have updated her Facebook status to engage like immediately. <laughs> like, there's no way that that would have been a secret. Mm, no, she's the head of a securities company. I doubt she's on Meta. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Meta. Right. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't want to get kicked off of YouTube. Almost, I don't want to get kicked off. Don't be talking about them now. <laughs> So here's the things, a list of things that John doesn't like. Uh, YouTube wokeness. <laughs> oh wait, wait, I know likes woke movies. Nobody <laughs> likes woke people. Woke people make you want to punch them in the face. Right. What I, what I, I Man, think so the, we're getting political okay. now. Okay. Uh, we're the, trying to get John kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the struggle <laughs> too is there's no direct mm. connection between. The personal life, the hero life of, of of the both heroes, really, and then we're ultimately building up to something, right? So if you right. take like you know uh, you know uh, Captain America, right, Falcon, right, and, and uh, there was a build up, and you saw it, and you saw the variables kind of like intertwine. With this, it's you're, you're still left. It's like so. There's the you know uh, mad fiance that you know nobody knows anything about this person, but we know that he's broke, but that he just killed his uncle and he inherited a lot of money. You have the you know Adidas wearing villains. You know, <laughs> uh, you have a golden retriever that is unclaimed yet he can sniff Very danger, and you know like you know like there's. Yeah, they you have Kate You have somehow Roman's gear is involved in this, and it's a big plot point. And yeah. then you have Hawkeye, and you're sitting there, kind of like with this 
like serial killer mystery board, right? Connecting dots and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, where's it all link? Like, why does it link? And you know, I, I know why it links. They're building up for this big reveal for MCU villain and all this stuff that's supposed to be really big. And it's just like, I don't see how this all links to the end. I know the answer and I'm looking at the beginning of the question but I don't know how we're going through this math formula right now. Right. Mm. Well, I'm that's just what trying to figure out where Kate's dog at. I mean, Kate's dog seems like she left him in the fire or someplace, and then he just... He's a smart puppy. He'll get out of here. Yeah, that, he's not uh, That much pizza would <laughs> uh, destroy her. He's dead, though. He's dead. With the Ronin suit <laughs> and the uh, black market thing, it was a callback to Endgame with Clint wearing... That mm-hmm. suit. Did he so, just throw it in the trash one day? Like, how did Ronan's stuff get out? Because you would think he would protect that, you know, shield tech level of stuff and not just be like, oh, I don't need it anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I hope they explain that later on. As they said from they Avengers it. Compound, but then how'd they get into it? There's a lot of questions I have. Tony sold right. it. Tony no, that's Stark Tower that they sold. No, they, they sold That's Avengers Tower. Yeah, but yeah, the Avengers yeah. Tower actually got didn't, sold. Didn't he say he sold Avengers Compound also? Yeah, but the Avengers he Compound sold Tower, got destroyed. Compound, Compound got destroyed. Yeah. But knowing how yeah, Shield, or I'm sorry, Sword now, Sword works, um, that stuff would be locked away somewhere just because it had to do with the superhero. Yeah. But guys in jumpsuits can get it. Yeah. Or the Comic Con universe. Gang can get it, yeah. <laughs> right. The the Comic Con universe, it ended up there in a, in Central Park. Um, yeah. I, and it was a totally it, it just was a bad scene. When it happened, when the scene rolled out, all I could think of was role models. Yes. And I was like, this is terrible. This, my this, this role models popped in my head. And I was like, Paul Judd was in role models. This would have been Paul perfect Rudd, yeah. for cameo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, it just, I don't know. It, it was just a bad... I was waiting for a Kiss My Anthea to show up. And <laughs> or the king. <laughs> or like, or the little burger. Yeah, kiss right. it. You know you want it. Like the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My first instinct was Knights of Badass to him, But, you know, that's so just here, Here's my question, though, to bring it back to, to the actual episode, right? So they were able to find on a black market auction mm-hmm. where this thing is at and explode the room. But some dude who gets a hold of it ends up posting on Instagram or Facebook or whatever that he has it. And the only person that can figure out where he's at is Hawkeye. Yes. Yeah. What? My, my question yeah. is this. Accurate. No, no, no. The real question, Nick, is this. What was a whopper doing in an underground? Well, he's black, a firefighter. Black market auction. Yeah, he left the suit in the fire truck. While he was going back to the apartment, Hawkeye yeah. left the suit in the fire truck, which which would belong to that guy. The, the, the firefighter had nothing to do with the underground thing. He was just a firefighter. Right. There's well, nothing to do with the, the underground. Fire. That was at the apartment fire. Yeah, yeah. the apartment fire, yeah. With the fake fire. Yeah. Right. That looked like I could have drew that. <laughs> But my question is, these highly skilled people that are going in to break up a black market ring, which, by the way, they would definitely be highly skilled because they're already highly skilled mercenaries working at that stuff. 
get taken down by a girl who just happens to be there accidentally, who's never been in a real fight. All she's been is a tournament-style fight, which I don't know if you guys have been inside of, like, a tournament-style fight, but there's a lot of rules. She would not be going well against a street fighter because Mm -hmm. there are no rules. Especially a six-foot, 200-pound-plus street fighter, which, like, all of those guys looked like they were. They could probably pick me up and throw me across the room, let alone, like, a 110-pound girl. That's not a good standard. <laughs> I'm a six foot two, two hundred and ten pound guy. I'm like double her weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could hold your own in a fight. <laughs> then you also have other stuff with the fight scenes and stuff like that, with the bottles not breaking when they're. That's realistic. Somebody, That's realistic. You know, yeah, that is realistic. That's what I was telling my fiance whenever we were watching it. I said, "That's actually a realistic thing." I have you no ever issue. Been hit by a beer bottle? Nine times out of ten, it doesn't break. Right. I don't believe it. Hold on, let me uh, get a beer bottle. (laughs) I believe you. I don't want to try it. Well, we'll we'll test it with a beer bottle, a Tito's bottle, and then a wine bottle. And then, you know, I'm going to go to the hospital. I Uh, feel like a full bottle will probably break better. But but I'll have to admit, the action sequences are slow and bulky to the point where Mm -hmm. the telegraph and stuff like that is not that realistic. I like the scenes where Kate is taking somebody down with the fast motion stuff, but the Russians seem really slow at moving and getting there and stuff like that, in my opinion. And then, the, uh, like I said, the black market auction was good in certain aspects. And then you also have Armin threatening the mother as well. And then, then I don't think this guy is rich because Armin even calls him out on his own BS. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you bidding against me? You don't have any money. Yeah. yeah, and then Jack yeah. is basically saying, "Well, soon I will be. I'll inherit this." So Jack is planning on probably killing Armin to get the money, or marrying. Yeah, marry. I thought he meant marrying. He's, mar- he's marrying money. Kate's mom. That's what he's yeah. Doing. yeah, he's marrying money. Right, and There's then no he'll have access to the money. Mm-hmm. But something uh, then. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into episode two then. Before you go on, Don, I wanted to give my thoughts on this in general. I haven't gotten a chance to yet. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on ahead. Okay. To go on to Vernon's point, what do you mean, Steven Seagal? Like, is it 90s style or his fat ass now in the directed video dubbing? Oh, the now. Not 90s. Okay. Anything, anything. Yeah, the 90s. When okay. he had the ponytail, he was perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First, let's talk about that. Like, yeah, I was like, I mean, I don't know what to think of these first two episodes. Like, I was watching them. I'm like, okay, I'm watching the show. But I didn't get really that good effect of it like I did the first episode, the wow moment at the end of the Fal- Falcon Winter Soldier first episode mm-hmm. when Rent-A-Cop, uh, Captain America, showed up in the suit. I was like, because oh. that one had a huge action sequence. Well, it's it's, it's oh, a whole is, different style yeah. of show, though. That's a yeah. spy action thriller. This is more yeah. of like a helping the younger generation – um, passing the mantle on, showing people what it means to be a hero type of thing. It's a yeah. whole different vibe. It's a Christmas well, film. And you can tell that <laughs> that for Falcon and Winter Soldier, they put more effort into production yeah. and story. Well, so, we also had two characters that were already established. We only have one character in the show that's established as an emotional connection. Right. True. And Falcon Winter Soldier, we had two people that we had, we had already... Well, three, if we count... Um, Agent Carter as well. We had three people that we had established mm-hmm. as characters. Four. Zemo. Four. 
Yeah, yeah, that's four true. people we had a connection with, and this one we only have one. So it's going to take a little bit yeah. more build up. And it's a different um, style of film. This is more of a family show than Falcon Winter Soldier was. Loki didn't I, do that to us, though. Yeah, but they had Loki's Loki. A, a, Loki is Loki. Yeah. Right. And he's an he's a, he's a A-list. He's a, he's a tier one superhero. You know, this is like... Yeah, super villain. Yeah. Oh, super villain. Right, right. Yeah, right. I'm talking about Loki's sidecar. You know? Yeah. Like, you can have your tier one, but Owen Wilson was a nobody in the show until... But it was Owen Wilson. Right, right. Yeah, but he, yeah exactly. He Owen Wilson. We he, know who uh, he girl version Loki. True, but you had Loki. Right, but you still have to have her backstory. You had Loki, and that's different than this, where Clint Barton, he's never been the front of anything. Right, Alligator he's, Loki. You had Alligator yeah. Loki, too, and Kid Loki. <laughs> oh, but yeah. yeah, Clint Barton, he's been a secondary, sometimes tertiary character that's thrown into the pilot seat of the show. So that's why it's kind of going to be a little rough to start, because we're not used to him being the person telling the story. True. And, and hopefully they pull out more about, you know, Clint and how he interacts with his wife and what his life is like. Because we saw bits and pieces of it throughout the Avenger movies and the Captain America. We saw bits. Yeah. But I would like to see more of it because it looks like his wife is sort of his partner in crime mm-hmm. when she asked him, What's the play? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're the wife to one of the greatest assassins in the world. You're probably gonna know something. <laughs> yeah. I think There's the only problem with this one is it's only six episodes, and like it's oh, it's that's really, all? oh okay. I think so. If it, it feels like this is gonna be another like because I think Hawkeye like not Hawkeye uh, the other a couple other shows that were like been in six episodes they were able to like have a lot of character development, but this one just seemed it seemed rushed, and it seemed like they had to get this mm-hmm. one out there. Like the only reason I was excited for this is because the the, the reveal at the ending of Black Widow. Of uh, Yelena supposed to be showing up at some point in this show. Oh, um, nice! Because uh, because Val, um, because like at the end of Widow, um, sh- like Val shows up. The girl uh, that the Julia Louise Dreyfus character, she shows up, and and like and like, but you're not supposed to call her Val, but her friends do anyway. Um, she shows up, and she's like. At the at the at the, at the grave of uh, or so what somewhat grave of uh, Black Widow. Here you have a target. This person's the one that killed killed your sister, and they showed Hawkeye's face. So at some point, she's gonna show up in this, and that's the only part I was excited about this. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, I don't want a campy ch- children's show for a Marvel show. Like, I mean, like, watch the animated it's stuff. Disney. What do you expect? Is Disney in this Christmas time? Yet Disney, on, Disney owns Die Hard, and Die Hard's one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. I mean, yeah. you said that wrong. It is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It is yeah, not a Christmas a, movie. It's an action it's movie a Christmas that happens to have no Christmas. It's I hope Christmas. Christmas. also a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas well. movie. Sean McClain saves Christmas. He does. Right. Him and, uh, and his ex He does it twice. Right. Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. No, they're action movies that happen at Christmas. Hey, nothing says Merry Christmas. Just like Hawkeye is a Christmas series. And I love my Die Hard now. I love me some Bruce Willis and Die Hard. I watch all of them. But yeah, Vernon, like like you said, that's why I had to ask the the Steven Seagal because the 90s stuff, that was great. But again, I don't know. It just seemed 
this stuff just seemed rushed and like and like everybody's freaking out the character reveal at the end of the episode two of Echo. Um, I don't know who she is. Yeah, I just read is the backstory. All you know is so she, she has Kate a really, Bishop oh. is like a tier three Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo's kind of like a tier four. Yeah. So we're getting all of the generations and tiers of Hawkeye. But um, the tier, the but Echo has a bit relation to to like a tier one villain in Wilson Fisk. She's like Wilson Fisk's archer person. Oh, okay. I think, and I think he took care of her too, and her and her child. I think or something of that nature. So, so that's it's the more, big play the, here. Yeah, the big play was more or less not revealing her, but revealing a character that's tied to the kingpin who's supposed to be introduced in the series. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like I just seen on um, Vincent uh, Diofer Yes, his Twitter. He's like, this is going to be interesting. So everybody's like freaking out over his tweets because he's watching Hawkeye, which I think at some well, point I think he's gonna he's shown up in this show. Like I think well, he's gonna show up. Oh, I hope so. I love him. In episode three, all I'm gonna say is there is some more hints to him possibly showing up. That's okay. all I'm saying. Possibly. Uh, but this but, is a this is gonna be a different kingpin than the one we've seen. They're gonna make it more comic accurate. It's gonna be different than the one from Daredevil. Just a heads up. I have a, once we get into episode three, I'll go into my uh, theories on it mm-hmm. because I did that on the other show, and the way that we think that it's going to go down is going to. I think it's going to make sense. That's all I'm going to say because Ooh. I I definitely loved episode three over episode two. Um, but as far as episode two goes, the fire, the Adidas wearing Russian guys <laughs> going over there throwing cocktail bombs. And stuff like that does not work for me. I'm like, how the hell do they know where she lives at? Right. That's another thing. That followed her. Yeah. Well, yeah. That but one's still, out of the room. The problem is everywhere. Burning a building down in public. Open yeah, faced. Yeah. Just owning it. Like, you <laughs> serious? <laughs> <laughs> so later in that episode too, when he does the, the capture and escape move, right? And Kate tries to find him, and she busts in through the window. All those guys are holding guns. You can't tell me one of those untrained guys isn't going to, you know, jump and accidentally pull the trigger. Yeah, they had a body falling through the sky that slams on the floor in front of them. Yeah, they had excellent trigger discipline. I know. Both of them are dead. (laughs) At least one. But yeah. I'm just gonna go and say uh, I hate the mom. I, I don't like. I'm yeah, again, I'm not. A, I'm not a, then again, I'm not a huge fan of her, like the actress that Vera Farmiga. She always plays the same type of character yeah. in most of the stuff, and I'm not a huge fan. She just got oh. that. She's she's just a. Well, bluntly saying, she's just a bitch and everything she's in except always for me, does. like like two. And then she was hor- She was she was terrible in Safe House um, as the FBI thing, which is yeah. fitting for her character. And then she always seems to play the mom character, and she's always a terrible mom. Like, you see, I liked her in the Conjuring films, and I also liked well, her in Bates that's, Motel. That's the point and, of her character in this, though, is just to be the privileged, like, rich person in New York. Like, she's definitely up to something too. There's a lot of there's a lot of like, because I was thinking, I said, okay, so they have the penthouse in New York. That's their main home. She had her own apartment. She had her own loft. Yeah, she had a loft. Right, that thing was huge. I was like, I was like, this is about three thousand square feet. And then a dorm. Right, and her 
she said her aunt, like, this is where my aunt lives, but she's not here right now, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> it goes like, you like, got like, money. What? To have that many places in mm-hmm. New York City, right? Yeah, arrows. There could have yeah. been a there, there could be a, maybe a chance or reveal that maybe she she just owns a security firm, and I guess it. I mean, it makes sense in the world of the MCU. Biggest in the world, owning a, owning a giant, the biggest security firm in the world. That's a lot of money because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people hiring security in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if she's the one that bought Stark's tower or the Avenger tower or something. Mm. Because, like, that I think, I think in universe it was sword. I think sword. Oh, sword. Okay. And what did and the sword? Sword's pretty bad too. I mean, the only, the only, the only she okay owns. sword is up is not even on this earth. They're up. They're they're ready for the secret invasion. Uh, her dad another. was the owner of the security firm, and the mom just took. Oh, it. that's right. Okay. Yep. There could be a lot of scrolls that we don't know of that are really showing right. up in this too. So, but another thing too that I want to talk about as well. I mean, the LARPing thing we talked about, we didn't really care for that that much I at all. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. I thought. Here's the thing, with the LARPing stuff, the guy—it's just some guy, but that's a firefighter that's just going to hand him over the thing. I was expecting maybe a, a villain might have picked it up. Or something like that, but then it was like way too easy for him to get the suit back. I was thinking that we were going to expand that out into another episode versus him getting it the back suit. within one episode. I the thought we would actually go into episode three and him getting it back. They're not going to put a lot of time into the MacGuffin. They've already eaten. You've already been MacGuffin. You've already you've already been brought into the adventure. Now they're linked. Now he's permanently attached to this character. You don't really need to keep having the MacGuffin bring it along. The I mean, MacGuffin was just the why they met. Now we know why they met, so now they're together, and they're stuck together. Well, they I, also and they only got, you know, in, a lot of this is showing, like, Hawkeye's reaction to the world around him, and people's reaction to an Avenger, because we haven't seen people react to an Avenger going out for dinner and stuff like that. So this is kind of just us seeing people's reactions to somebody that's not saved the world once, not twice, but three times, at least. On a technicality, we have seen an Avenger out eating a meal with another Avenger when Hulk and Ant-Man are together. Uh, that was cool. Also, at the end of the Avengers, they all got uh, shawarma. All of them but that wasn't... Yeah, but that was abnormal. We talk about just a normal. He just yeah, he just a normal everyday he, out type of thing. Yeah, and they're just comping him left and right, and he is ambiguous about that, which I can understand that. I mean, he doesn't I want to take advantage of people, but he understand why they do that. I, I feel like with Hawkeye in particular, they're really leaning on the whole like He's veteran aspect of his career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know He's the free wheels. The sense of duty and honor, like the PTSD, like a lot, a lot of it caters towards you know That's someone who's really gone through that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like really they like, did. like they That's did with I'm Falcon. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. I'm enjoying it um, because it's playing into that aspect. You know, Falcon was all about the nobility of it and stuff, and this is more like seeing the effects of what it can do to people and. I mean, let's face it, if any of them were going to get PTSD, definitely Clint Barton. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You but, know, uh, he's fought gods. He's just a dude with a bow and arrow. 
when he exactly. murdered a shit ton of people. Yeah. But Charlie, I know, I know that you wanted to say something real quick. No, I was just about to say, I mean, like, we don't want to really, like, again, for only a show of six episodes, like, they don't want to spend, like, an episode and a half about warping to him getting the suit back because I think it just, it's like, well, you're, you're already being a dead horse. It's like, we don't, like, I mean, and the guy was a huge so much guy, so. I mean, it kind of was because if he spent the whole time trying to get the suit, and we go that, that that's a lot, and especially with the the, the run times for these next few episodes are very short. Like, and how everything seems to go by. There's so much to discuss in only six episodes. Like, true. I mean, you don't really have time for filler, unfortunately. True. But what I'm trying to say is, they could have actually gotten rid of the whole LARPing thing and just have like a villain mm-hmm. have the suit and make it more challenging for Clint. Rather than him be, uh, get beat up by a LARPer and saying, here, here you go. Here's the suit. Have a good day, sir. But it was, it was, it was like a was like they were staged because the guy's a huge fan of Hawkeye. Yeah, I think they were trying to do some comedy relief, but it just came off flat to me. It reminded me of something in the 90s, to be honest. I, I really like the LARP scene. I, I, I thought <laughs> the way that it was orchestrated, the way that he kind of snapped into it all of a sudden. Was really cool, and as someone who's actually in a similar position as him in the past, uh, I got tossed into a LARPing situation in college <laughs> that I did not sign up for, and I ended up loving it. it oh, it could be great if you get into it. It could be a great time, and he kind of did end up enjoying it. He did, and, and then giving that guy the win too. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's starting to feel. Yeah. It's starting to have that. Uh, George Clooney Batman feel. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, like, I'm waiting for, like, yeah, I know that's terrible, but I'm waiting for, like, you know, Arnold to say, like, chill. You know, like, something slow. Like, this is gone south because, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think Disney wants to obviously have a more uh, aggressive format, right? And they want to cater toward adults. At the same time, they know that their bread and butter is with children. So they took a gamble, and this is a real gamble, on a two-and-a-half, you know, third-tier <laughs> hero with, with an intern, you know, uh, and said, look, if the kids love it, this will work when we actually roll out real film production, right? Yeah. And I almost see this series as an A-B test for us because they're like, okay, look, we got a bunch of projects. Eternals just dropped. We have this. We're about to begin this new phase of the universe. We have to somehow get enough feedback from our audience. And we don't want to invest in a Hawkeye. And let's be honest, they're not throwing the money at Hawkeye that they threw at these other ones. You know? Hawkeye got the smallest budget, the shortest time, the they shortest did. times. Wow. It's, and it sucks because Hawkeye is an amazing character that's just underexplored. Yeah. But I will admit, he is not somebody that should have a standalone anything. No, uh, exactly. I, character, Just like, and I know people love Black Widow. Amazing film. But honestly, mm-hmm. that character didn't need a standalone movie. It worked. It worked. And it was a gamble. I see you shaking your head. We'll it was a great movie, that. yeah. Could not it disagree was, more. Critically, it worked. It was two now, movies. It work. It exactly. It had the Han Solo, it had the Solo film problem. It was too. It couldn't, it couldn't pick its identity. It didn't yeah, know if it, it wanted to be a spy movie or a CGI wild mess. 
critically Not important. To mention, we don't actually get her backstory. We get the story the right after her backstory. Yeah. So it's like we really don't know who she is, and now she's gone. Mm-hmm. And Disney did her super dirty. And yeah, they did. With the and it was a launch for, a launch for another person to take over. But what I'm getting at is those are two characters that didn't need a standalone project. They're normal people. They could have been a part of somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Their characters aren't that interesting. They're both just spies. Just one is really good at punching people, and the other one's really good at shooting people with arrows. Like, honestly... But I think Black Widow... That's why I agree. It, it is a test to see, will this work? And then they're like, let's give them the smallest bag of cash and run with it. But I think Black Widow is more deserving than Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye just is a guy with a bow and an arrow and a family life. Now, and I'm trying to figure out how they're going to blow this up into something that is going to create a lot of, you know, connections within the universe. Well, if for it to be a successful thing, it doesn't have to. We've had a lot of standalone projects that didn't connect with anybody else. I mean, Falcon Winter Soldier didn't connect with anything else. Loki didn't connect with anything else. WandaVision, it was a standalone thing. Yeah, it drew off from events that happened in a previous thing, but it was an old thing. And I think for it to work, it has to have its own legs. Um, and right now, it's struggling to find its legs. Yeah. To go on your point, of Vermin, about the trying to appeal to the kids, I think Disney's like, all right, they're trying to get the kids in now so they'll know they'll spend money for Spider-Man. But Spider-Man's not going to be a kid movie. Like, I've been hearing, like, this reading that there's supposed to be a lot of violent fight sequences in Spider-Man. So they're trying to they're trying to build on that hype, and that was the, that was what I pointed out on our show yesterday, John. About everybody, we need to every so expectations are super 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 high for Spider Man. Spider Man's hype is like the highest I've ever seen a movie's hype. That the problem with that is there's going to be a letdown. There's going to be a serious letdown. How letdown it is depends on your expectations going in and if it gets so low like if it doesn't even exceed like everybody's expectations it's going to hurt it in, in the long run in terms of the box office like i'm rooting for it can't it to be do any well. worse than spider-man 3 so right <laughs> or that, that that was horrible or spider-man Vito. 3 is better than any these spider-man movies I mean, nope. I, I would watch the entire <laughs> dance sequence than, than anything about Toby, than anything about Andrew Garfield's fucking parents. Like, oh no! I don't care about that. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, the amazing. I totally forgot about him. I thought right. I thought Andrew did a decent job. I just know. I just thought he needed CGI. That's not that's not that movie's fault. It was limited by its time. Yeah, <laughs> and, mean, and like I love Jamie Foxx, but. Yeah, Yeah, was the rhino in only five minutes of that movie. The yeah. beginning and then the end. And he's barely in it. Like, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, Spider-Man, we're not worried about Spider-Man's hype. It's, every Spider-Man movie has gotten a bunch of hype, and they've always, even when they were the bad ones, they've always sold well. It's just... I mean, opening weekend is going to be fine. Opening weekend it's already sold out. Part. It's already sold out. I know. It's. I said opening weekend's fine, but if. But again, it's got to have that replay ability to it, kind of like because like Endgame, did, Endgame and Infinity Wars, they did well opening weekend. But once you know the what happened in it, 
people don't want to really go back to the sit-in for a two and a half hour movie like again if they know everything. Yeah, I made a billion dollars each. I know. You know how many times I've been dedicated to make that money? Spider Man, like the Tom Holland Spider Man, he's not a team up with the Avengers. The Avengers are like, are known for that. For this Spider-Man, the hype, like I said, is higher than those Avenger movies. Higher than that. This movie, like I said, if you go in thinking high, this movie's, like, it, there's going to be a lot of backlash for it because even I the director has come out and said, the director has come out and said, everybody, like, like, enjoy the movie for what we can put on the screen. Like, I know that I, I, I he goes, I enjoy all the rumors. Some are, like, most of them are true. Most are not. So everybody is, like, it's kind of, like I said, the director's kind of, like, telling people, Everybody, settle like lower your expectations a little bit. So like so when they, when you're disappointed, you don't go bash the movie because your predictions were wrong. Like that's the whole point of the hype. Spider Man will be fine. I think it'll do fine. Okay, it'll all it needs fine. to do is have Spider Man fight one of the villains, and um, yeah, and Tom Holland takes his shirt off. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's all I need. Like, it'll be fine. Shoots a spider web once, and his spider sense goes off once. I'm fine. I'm happy. Let's say Charlie's right. Let's say Spider-Man flops. It's not going to happen. It's a possibility because I was disappointed in Venom, and I like, you know, Tom Holland is a great actor. and Tom Hardy? I just, yeah, Tom Hardy. He's a great actor. and Were you disappointed in Venom or Venom 2? The Venom 2, Carnage with the... Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was really The post-credit scene was worth it, though. Worth the price of admission. Post-credit scene was definitely worth it. I mean, with those Venom movies, it's just going to be a constant CGI fest, but sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're good. But let's just say it it flops. Let's say we go in and we see it and we're looked and we're stuck. We're like, wow, that was money I could have kept, right? Let's <laughs> say like that just, that feeling happens. Does the power of, to me, the comic book universe shift back to DC? You know, like, because you can only fail so many no. times. DC's, I don't, I don't know. Know. No, DC's failed like 12 times. All I their know. things have been failed. Right now, um, Marvel can. Marvel is success. They Marvel. have proven that they can put anything on screen and quadruple their yeah. own. Marvel There's is a too thing. far ahead of them. I feel like Marvel can take a hit. Mm-hmm. And if they have. Uh, one strike out of it, out of the 20 years that they've been building this universe, then they're okay. Mm-hmm. Having they one miss with Spider Man is going to be okay. They can take yeah. one Justice League. As long as Marvel has Kevin Feige, they're fine. Yeah, um, Kevin Feige yeah. is the golden arm. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not saying, saying I'm that, fine. Like, don't twist my words. I'm not saying Spider Man's going to fail, but no. I'm just saying I've not seen a movie with so much hype before, and everybody's hyping this up like it's been hyped up for that. We're getting multiverse. If any slight a disappointment from it, like again, it's coming out in a packed, packed Christmas holiday weekend. Yeah. Like we if you got Matrix. that, we got the Kingsman, we got Spider Man, you got the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm the Matrix. You're competing with the Matrix. Right, the Matrix. Hey, of course, the Matrix. You know, that's right. Oh, I'm gonna see all three. I I have I have the Matrix as my highest like. My, the anticipated movie of the year. I had that. I mean, I'm looking forward to Spider Man. I'm going to watch Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep my expectations low so I don't get 
burned because it's no, happened before. Your expectations high. I, how do. We, how we get I get it. If if you never hope, you'll never be let down. I well, I mean, it's like I, I did that with Edge of Tomorrow. Up, I never like, lived, though. You've never I, lived I if you always <laughs> expect disaster. Well, I'm, I'm not expecting disaster. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've been burned before when I had my expectations really, really, oh. really high for a movie. Yeah. Everybody's saying, oh, like, for yeah. instance, the one or well, the very Charlie, first movie. Now you know how I feel when I watched Eternals. I was like, I could have got my damn money back. But I didn't. Think, I, I knew that movie was going to be garbage from the trail. I, 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 like, I did I not like that movie. Much. I'm sorry. I ain't like it. I ain't it like garbage. it. <laughs> it looked to me garbage. And I was like, I was glad my expectations were wrong. For like, I, I went in with low for Sun Chi, and Sun Chi was like, Oh, I, I was not expecting that. That was, that was good. She was good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see how people get so disappointed in superhero movies. Like, you're going in, you're watching people blow things up and fight. Like, because I know that I trust Marvel. As long as the color scale isn't gray and grayer, I'm good. No. Now, that's why I can't watch DC, because the color scale is gray and grayer. Josh Whedon's Justice League. There you go. Well, DC, the animated stuff. <laughs> Like okay, we're not talking Batman's about Batman's Long Halloween. Oh, well, that's yeah. Not yes. We're not <laughs> talking about Batman. That. Now, we were talking about Batman, the animated series. Right. That's better Different than category. Yeah, yeah, we're talking yeah. live action only here. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Right, live action. I'm not talking Philly drugs. This is a podcast for actors. Voice actors. So let's get back to the like, Now, that's about the best thing DC did since Superman with Christopher Reeve. Batman animated series. No. But focusing back on Hawkeye for a little bit <laughs> uh, with things. So as far as the episode two as a whole, I didn't care for it as a whole or anything. Brandy can even vouch for that when we were sitting down watching it together. Because she's like, why are you watching it three times? Watching this show three times? Because I'm like, there has to be a legit reason why I'm not feeling it like I want to feel it. And I watched it again. <laughs> You're Charlie Ray last night. With the yeah. conspiracy theory board. Ooh, I'm trying to pinpoint everything together. No. <laughs> that, no. That's you watching this. No, no. Uh, no. It's just me trying to enjoy a good TV series. And I'm expecting maybe the, close to the same tone that we got with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But what we got was Whoa. 90s dialogue. Russian Adidas suits. Don't worry about flat, it. Flat dialogue. But beneath the flat dialogue, beneath the Russian Adidas wearing suits that was from the early 2000s that Ja Rule would use, beneath all that stuff <laughs> and everything, there is something there that is good. Like, the first episode, I liked. Like I mentioned. Third episode. You know how everybody's saying, oh, what this is like gearing towards children. There is a, one thing in the third episode that changes the whole entire thing. There is actually a scene where it actually shows somebody getting stabbed and there's a blade ripping through them with no bloodshed. And it shows it in its own entire context. And I'm like, this is the way you do it. This is the way you bring Whisk and Fisk back in there. If you want to bring them in there and don't want to show blood splatter, if you don't want to, do it. This is the way you do it for us as adults, and having the same kind of content in a sense for Netflix that we had on that same level of violence. And 
this changed the tone in the third episode. But it also has some silliness to it in the third episode. It has some wackiness in it. But I liked the episode for what it was. I thought the stunts were better than they did in the second episode. But we're going to discuss that on Friday night. But I was just... I wasn't trying to do a conspiracy board with this or anything like that. It was me trying to enjoy a TV series for what it is and trying to come up with some reason as to why I might have not digged it the first couple of times. Because I did that with the mm-hmm. Halloween movie when, uh, with Halloween uh, Kills. Because I'm like, there's some, there's got to be some reason why I'm not feeling it the way I wanted to feel it. And it was because of the fact that that film was totally different than what we got into 2018 Halloween film. And it was also atmospheric with this new Halloween movie versus the 2018 film where we had slow uh, slow way of building a story. With this one, it was just Michael Myers just going everywhere, going ape shit on everybody and stuff like that. So I was just trying to dive into why I didn't like it. And I'm telling you this, though, Brandy, third episode is fantastic. I love this episode. And I think that you're going to like this. You guys are going to like this one, too. But as far as the first two episodes go, first one was good. Second one, eh, not so much. But that's just me and my perspective of that. Um, but is there anything else that you guys wanted to add before we uh, uh, sign off? No. Um, I think we've put it pretty good. I mean, there it's not the best start to a series, but definitely worth watching. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's... It might not be the best superhero show there is, but it's definitely a good show. Yeah. It is a superhero show. It is a superhero show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's good. <clears throat> not the I best. Mean, I do like I do I do like the uh Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I think she yeah, like, yeah. yeah she plays the role really well. Like I mean I like yeah. her in it. Like it, it, it fits it. And I think this is like essentially the show's like a passing of the torch mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this is. All right. Well, before we end, I, we do have a sponsor from Stamps.com. And I just want to talk about Stamps.com for a minute, and then we'll close out. So let's see here. So if you're looking for ways to skip the trip, Clint, uh, to the post office and dodge all the heretic holiday shopping traffic, why not save some time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, access exclusive discounts on UPS, and United States Postal Service is all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, stress, and during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off United States Postal Service rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using uh, stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking 30 flights a day, you could break, you could use a break if you could spend more than a few minutes a week. Dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money. You'll wonder why you don't didn't start sooner. sooner. So this is what you're going to do. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code POD, P-O-D, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. 
no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code POD. And that's how you can save a couple of mo- money and stuff like that with stamps.com. Clint, I hope that you get home to your ho- with, to the holidays with your family, since we're going to get you there through all six episodes of Hawkeye. So, with that being said, guys, thank survives. you so much for taking the time out of your night to do this review. This is like a super panel that I've been wanting to do for a little bit, so thank you so much. Um, Charlie, thank you again. Uh, Clint, where can everybody reach you at if they want to follow you and all that other good stuff on social media? Um, so you can follow me on Facebook at RNR Productions, um, R&R Productions, uh, sorry, R&R Film Productions LLC, um, or on Instagram at RNR Productions 93. Um, that's my film production company's uh, information. Uh, you can also find, uh, send me an email at RNR Productions 93 at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, yep, that's all I got. Okay. And Nick. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? You can follow me at NC Kafkis on Instagram or just find me on Facebook. Check out my IMDb. Lots of big stuff coming. Back to All you. Right. And Vernon, where can everybody follow you at? I know I'm going to be on your show tomorrow night. So. Oh, yeah. We're discussing the harder they fall. It won't be live. It will be pre-recorded. I'm looking forward to that because that's been amazing. Me too, man. One of the best Netflix releases this year. I'm super excited. I've been having a, you know, I've been holding this secret, but my own signature sports supplement line is dropping soon. You can purchase it at cbmkglobal.store. Your pre-workout, your vegan protein, BCAAs. I got a men's hormonal support, a women's hormonal support. Get it. But you connect with me where it's going down to Instagram at cbmk33. And on the YouTube where the podcast is at CV, that's Cody Vernon space K. I look forward to connecting you. John is my boy. Charlie, it's great to see you again. You know, I love being on the thing with uh, Charlie. Clint, it's great to meet you. Nick, I'm going to, you know, connect with you guys with days. It's always great seeing you. And, you know, secretly, even though I love discussing Marvel, I'm a DC fan at heart and will always be a DC fan at heart. But that's where you can connect with me. <laughs> okay, and I know Ladizia is going to be on Two Blur Girls podcast this Friday, doing a review with Tamika. Yes, House of Gucci. You see, which I want to see that. I'm jealous that I didn't which, get to see that. I know which was better than Eternals because I was like, oh my god, <laughs> Eternals was a waste, but House of Gucci much better than I thought. All right, so guys, if you guys. Have- ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers United on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest underneath that same brand name. Of course, you guys can go ahead and get an audio-only podcast of this episode and many episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Unite. Of course, right now I'm kind of grounded for two weeks because of YouTube, but if you feel free, go on ahead, subscribe over to YouTube after I'm done being grounded. Um, so go ahead, subscribe over there, click the little subscribe button over there, click that little bell to allow you guys to know when we have something new and fresh coming out. Also, too, go over to Good Pods over there, and you guys can find, to be honest with you, it's like social media for podcasting. And you can rate individual episodes. You can talk about individual episodes. You can tell us if you th- if you think our show sucks. Tell us what you think. Give us a five-star oh, rating. I don't care. Tell us what you think. <laughs> then, of course, if you want to, you can go on ahead, follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, and then Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok as well. Then you can go on ahead and reach out to me if you'd love to be on the show of your sponsor. Just go on ahead, reach out to me at movielovesunite at gmail.com. 
And that's how you can reach out to me. Thank you again, guys. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to do this again. Everyone have a great and safe, blessed night. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Later.